Welcome, friend. Welcome to Jesus Smart, the podcast. This is episode 71. We're glad you're here. And today, prayer is limitless. Prayer has such massive potential. It is truly limitless. And here's the key. Our development in prayer is limitless too. You can run as hard and as fast and with as much accuracy as you desire. And as we discover more of our standing, listen, as we discover more of our standing before the throne of everything, the throne of all, all bets are off, my friend. All bets are off in your personal world, in your personal affairs, and all bets are off in your sphere of influence, that contribution that you bring to the table. Confidence in prayer is a key aspect of praying effectively, of moving the needle. I want to give you three points today about the ground of our confidence in prayer. And we'll come to this, but the first one is that we appeal to the Father on the merits of Christ standing, Christ righteousness, not our own works, not our own performance. Number two, Jesus said that we would pray to the Father in his personal name. We'll come to this, but do you know that Jesus has given us his name, in effect, sort of a cosmic power of attorney that is beyond imagination? And then three, Jesus Christ right now has firstborn rights over all of creation, and we can come before God the Father on that basis, the firstborn rights of Christ, that we are joint heirs with Christ, that he has given us his name. I'm actually recording this on the first Thursday of May. Every first Thursday of May in America is a national day of prayer. It's an annual day of observance designated by the United States Congress. And according to Wikipedia, right? Wikipedia, that great source of all knowledge, really a tremendous online encyclopedia in many ways. But the National Day of Prayer shares its common roots with the celebration of Thanksgiving in American culture and history. Both were national proclamations establishing a day of prayer. The fall observance of Thanksgiving was established by President Abraham Lincoln as the official Thanksgiving holiday in 1863. The spring observance of the National Day of Prayer was established by President Harry S. Truman in 1952 as the National Day of Prayer. So as an American, I'm grateful for this, and I know that other countries have traditions too in prayer and in observances, and I'm grateful for that as well. Really, every day is a day of prayer. Prayer is an opportunity that we have every week, every day, privately, along with others, corporately. And so I'm uh, very excited about the potential, the limitless potential of prayer. I know this personally, my friend, when my prayer life is in a better state, I feel better about everything and things work better. Things happen by, I'm putting it in air quotes, coincidence, but I don't believe it's coincidence. I believe they are God incidences. Here's another way that I say it. I do more things better by accident when my prayer life is in a higher state than when not. You may be aware of Mark Batterson. He's a pastor in Washington, D.C., National Community Church. He's written a very popular book called Prayer Circles, praying prayer circles around situations and circumstances and really not coming out of that circle until we see God's design brought to bear 
on the earth. I just love that metaphor. It goes back to some Jewish tradition, I believe. Highly recommend that book, Prayer Circles. He carries a real mantle, a real calling of prayer. And I so appreciate that, especially uh, leading a congregation in the nation's capital. Mark Batterson says that persistence is the magic bullet. The only way you can fail is if you stop praying, he says. He goes on to say that 100% of the prayers I don't pray won't get answered. Well, that's true. If you were to create a top 10 list of why prayers are not answered, number one on the list is what James says in James 4, 2. You do not have because you do not ask. That would be the number one reason for an unanswered prayer. Jesus says to us in the Gospels, ask, it literally means keep asking and you shall receive. Dallas Willard says a child innately understands the power of request. I mean, how many know about that? Maybe you're a parent, a grandparent, an uncle, an aunt. Maybe you've been around friends who have young children. Children know how to ask. They innately understand the power of request. In fact, they're professionals. They like practice it at the highest level of persistence and proficiency. They quite often get what they desire and get what they want, especially as long as it harmonizes with the parent's values and what the parent sees as best for the child. There's a real parallel metaphor there with praying to our Father in heaven. talking today about what is the confidence of our prayers. I want you to be confident. I want to be confident in prayer. It's a key element of living a lifestyle of faith that overcomes. This is where the potential of prayer is discovered. It's limitless. And your potential, my potential to develop as a prayer person, as an apprentice of Jesus Christ and his kingdom, there is no ceiling on it. So what is our standing before the Father God as we come to Him in childlike faith? I'm, I'm sure there's more, but I would like to share with you three truths that I think will help us start building a solid faith confidence that moves the needle. Are you ready for this? Maybe come back and listen to this again or even write this down. Can I have the uh, unmitigated gall and temerity to say to write a few points down that I'm going to share with you? Number one. We appeal to the Father on the merits of Christ standing before the Father, Christ's righteousness. It's not our works. It's not our performance. We do not come to the throne of all on our own merits. Now, the adversary who resists prayer mightily, he will try to prompt you and suggest you that you're not worthy, you're not performing enough, that you can't come before God on your own merits. And of course, in a sense, he's right. But the point is that we're not coming on that basis. We're coming on the basis of the blood of Christ and the standing of Christ. And really, when we pray in the name of Christ, we are praying in his stead. It's as if, believe it or not, Jesus' mind and his heart sentiment begins to mingle with our own. And He is. we are, we are praying there on his merits, in his name, in his stead. As a believing Christ follower, we have the right standing with God the Father because we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Paul said this. He wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians, his second letter, chapter 5, verse 21, that he made him, the Father made Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf 
so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that good? Of course, practically speaking, we begin to work out the righteousness of God in our lives in a practical way. This is maturation. This is process. This is developing as an apprentice of Christ. For the Christ follower, this process of sanctification is a word that's used is our daily experience. We progressively conform to the image of Christ, to his nature and to his capacities, what he can do, speaking to the mountain, calming the storm, speaking a word of deliverance and healing, etc. But the essence of our standing before the Father in prayer is the righteousness of God in Christ, which is accredited to our account by faith. It's free. So be at liberty to go before the throne of all, with your desires, with your spiritual instincts, with what you know is the right thing that God wants to happen, that you are now burdened to pray about. This totally, this idea that we appeal to the Father on the merits of Christ's righteousness totally disarms the accuser. It's a 100% fail-proof foundation for our prayer life, my friend. How do we establish our confidence in prayer through the renewing of our minds? Here's the second point. Jesus said that we would pray to the Father in his own personal name, not our name, in his name. Thomas Brooks was an English nonconformist Puritan preacher, a pastor, and an author, a prolific author. He lived from 1608 to 1680. In England. And as a writer, here's what C.H. Spurgeon said of Thomas Brooks quote, Brooks scatters stars with both hands, with an eagle eye of faith as well as the eagle eye of imagination. He wrote books like Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. Great title, right? Another one The Secret Key to Heaven the vital importance of private prayer. You know, my friend, just a sidebar, we need to read and experience great Christian influencers from other centuries, from other times. If we're only limited to the years in which we live in our culture and we're saturated in, you know, whatever, postmodernism and uh, consumeristic culture, materialistic worldview, it's all around us. This is why we need to, to read people throughout church history and, and draw upon those, those wells. But he has a famous quote that I love. Oh, the power of private prayer. I have a kind of omnipotency in prayer. He's not saying that he's omnipotent as God is all omnipotent, but he is saying that there is power through the process of prayer that becomes a sort of a kind of omnipotency in prayer. You are designed to live a powerful life. You're not designed to be weak. You are designed to move in the power and the strength of the Lord. There is something in the scriptures called a spirit of might. It is an aspect and impartation of the anointing of God of mightiness. We can overcome. It is found in the place of private prayer. So praying in Jesus' name is not something that we just, you know, add on. It's a, it's, a, it's a tag that we add at the end of a prayer because we're ready to stop praying and we want to let everyone know the prayer is over now. Oh, it's, it's much more than that. It is actually a cosmic exercise of power of attorney before the Father. It's actually, my friend, get this, 
it's legal in nature, just as a power of attorney in our courts, in the law that we know is legal in nature. You can go and exercise uh, business or legal transactions on behalf of another if they give you power of attorney. It is the same, but it's even it's infinitely more. There's a legality before the throne of justice, before the throne of God, power of attorney in the name of Jesus. And my friend, as as we have the mind of Christ, as we're growing in the mind of Christ and praying in his name, it's as if somehow Jesus is conversing with the Father in us, with us, it's mingled in our own faith. This understanding is a weapon. It is a weapon that the adversary of prayer does not want us to realize Do you want to level up in prayer? I do, because when you level up in prayer, everything else levels up. Health and wellness levels up. Finances level up. Relationships level up. All of your domain, your your life domains, your personal affairs level up. And get this, you become truly a cup that overflows and your sphere of influence levels up. Your neighborhood, uh, your work, the contribution that you bring to the table, not only in the church, but in the marketplace, in business, in education, in government, in arts and entertainment, in technology, whatever domain it is, we become salt and light and high, high grade. I want to say high grade salt and light in those spheres. Prayer is limitless, my friend. And I look in the mirror myself. Use your legal authority. Here's a third point of establishing strong confidence before the throne of grace in prayer. Jesus Christ, firstborn rights over all creation. Jesus Christ is the firstborn. The New Testament worldview, he has firstborn rights over all of creation. This understanding has come to me in my own time with the Lord, and I forget it sometimes. I have to remind myself and rehearse and say out loud declare and decree, not only to myself, but to God and even to dark powers that might be uh, lingering about trying to resist me in my life, trying to resist me in prayer. I establish and rehearse and reclaim the firstborn rights of Jesus Christ in my affairs, in that thing that I'm targeting in prayer. You see, the firstborn had special rights and privileges. As the only begotten, unique Son of God, Jesus has firstborn rights over all of creation. He was intimately involved in the creative process with the Father and with the Spirit, and He has firstborn rights over the creation as the heir of God, the Son of God. But here's the mind bender, my friend. The New Testament teaches us that we are joint heirs with Christ. We, in a real sense, share in his firstborn rights over all things. Here's what Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 to 17 says. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities. All things have been created through him. And for him, he is before all things, and in him all things consist or hold together. Jesus Christ is preeminent. He is now the head 
over all things. Read the book of Ephesians. And at the end of chapter 1 in Ephesians, it says that this headship of Christ over all things, over every name that can be named and every power, every dominion, it says in this age and in the age to come, this headship has been given to us. We have access to that resource to the head over all things. And in fact, we are joint heirs with him. I don't know what this means for you, what it could mean in the smallest detail or in the largest concern. I just know that we are punching beneath our weight. We are not living at the level. I don't feel that I'm living at the level that is available in Christ. I'm seeking and questing to grow and develop And as it says in Ephesians 4, to grow up into the headship of Christ. I think it's verse 15. Remember, my friend, we approach the Father in prayer, the throne of grace to receive help in time of need with the rights and the firstborn privileges of Jesus Christ. So there it is. Three reasons. There's more probably, I'm sure. But I think these are three important or key points to establish, to renew our minds in Christ, to create confidence in prayer. Number one, we appeal to the Father on the merits of Christ's righteousness. Number two, Jesus said we would pray to the Father in his own personal name. There's that legal power of attorney, strong in the greatest court in the universe. Number three, we pray on the basis of Jesus Christ's firstborn rights over all things. So can you see the potential Prayer is limitless. What do you desire to bring before the Creator with this available potential? You may want to preface your prayer time with something like this in prayer and affirmation before the Father. Father, hallowed be your name. I worship you and recognize you for all that you are. May your kingdom and your will be progressively realized I now come before you on the basis of the perfect obedience and righteousness of your only Son, Jesus Christ. I progress in the mind of Christ. I make request before you in Jesus Christ's name, praying before you in his stead. I employ the authority of the name of Christ, and I appeal to you on the basis of Jesus Christ, firstborn rights over all things. It all came through him, and it's all for him. Amen. And you may want to even add, Father, I'm interested in your big story, and let my life story dovetail and fit into your grand narrative just in the way that you want it to, like beautiful music harmonizing together, a perfect fit. Say that to the Father. Pray it. If you begin to consistently pray in these types of ways, Before the Father, my friend, all bets are off. Look for the needle to move in your personal affairs, in your sphere of influence. I think that this will get us started. It begins to build our confidence in prayer. We can begin to establish a momentum of confidence building in prayer as we rehearse our standing in prayer. Christ. Hey, check out the show notes page for this episode because I'm going to drop there some links. It's going to be a little bit more loaded than normal. If you want to dive deeper on this topic of prayer and the limitless potential of prayer. 
You can visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. We'll have links there. Sign up to receive a free weekly email for next level ideas and practice to advance as a Christ follower. We're all developing. We're all seeking to be on the grow. We, we believe we live in important times. We want to position ourselves to harmonize with Jesus' story and his plan for our lives. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is smart. Find your storyline in the royal narrative. Make it a smart week. All the best until next time.